Besides tackling, how will USC's defense improve in 2023? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really appreciate your support. I hope you're enjoying the shows. I know I am. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, there's a red subscribe button. Do me a favor. Hit it. Click it. It means a whole heck of a lot. And to all of you who already have, so very, very, very very much thank you. This episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today so you can get started. All right. So how can USC's defense get better in 23? Well, tackling is going to be a good place to start, obviously, right? It's a Basic fundamental of playing defense. Wrap up, bring the guy to the ground, rent, wash, rinse, repeat, do it again, right? And if you can tackle well, if you could just do the fundamentals well, that that alone uh, will cover up for any type of uh, lack of talent or a lack of depth, both of which I think is a fair way to... Uh, describe or assess USC on defense in 2022. I, I don't think that um, I'm going out, out on a limb by saying that. I mean, the coaching staff, Lincoln Riley talked about it. Alex Grinch talked about it. So uh, I'm, I'm just stating the obvious. But what else needs to, imp- uh, needs to improve? What else needs to be done on defense with Alex Grinch as the defensive coordinator? Because... We know he's coming back. Uh, Lincoln Riley, ride or die. That's his guy. Uh, Well, first of all, there's going to be a new group of players that are going to, that have already come in or will be coming in through the transfer portal or through recruiting uh, that are going to make an impact. Again, they are bringing in a higher quality uh, player that that they inherited on the roster. Uh, And I'm going to get to those guys in the next segment, the new group. Of players that are going to be coming. But in this first segment, what about the, the, the current guys that are already on the roster uh, who are returning? Who needs to play more? And not necessarily at the position they played last year. Maybe if they switched positions, what position um, in order to get this defense better in 2023? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start with some of these players who are returning, who I think are going to who need to have an impact if, if the defense is going to improve. I'm going to start with uh, at linebacker, or is it going to be rush end? Rajon Davis. He was one of those players who I who I think, um, no, I definitely don't think, I know. He slipped through the cracks last year. Uh, part of that might have been a little bit of a carryover from the year before where he had to rededicate himself uh, and show the new staff that football is a priority for him. But on the other hand, 
you know, Lincoln Riley spoke about this at our roundtable a few weeks ago. Rajon was one of those 50-50 players where the staff didn't have, you know, he left it up to the staff to make the decision whether or not to play Rajon. And it it just didn't happen until, you know, he, he saw some, he saw a few plays here and there throughout the season, but it really didn't happen until the Cotton Bowl. So I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see where they're going to play him. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be at linebacker. He might be a candidate to play that 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 rush end, that edge position. Eric Gentry, do you leave him in the middle? Do you move him to edge? You know, granted, he's not the biggest guy in the world. I don't know if he's going to be able to take on uh, somebody who's 100, 150 pounds heavier than him by himself. Uh, but he is... Definitely quick, fast, twitchy, and he can get after the quarterback. So, how do you use him? Do you leave him in the middle? Because that's, man, that's it's intriguing the way he can disrupt offenses playing in the middle. You just can't recreate that kind of length. Uh, Damani Jackson, he needs to play if he's healthy. Period. Full stop. Coaches and teammates, you know, they've spoken really high about his about his abilities. And I know Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona is one of the new guys. Um, I think he's going to be one of the starters, by the way. Uh, but if those two end up being the starting cornerbacks, uh, those guys paired together are going to make the defensive line's job easier. Because now you have probably two legitimate cover corners. And that allows Alex Grinch to be a little bit more exotic, maybe, with uh, blitzing using his linemen, his linebackers differently. What about Shane Lee? Can he get faster? Is it possible? Um, that is, you know, that's his weakness. He's not the most fleet of foot. And hopefully in 2023, he'll be able to use both hands. He won't be playing with a club. And then you've got a, you know, he hasn't even played yet, but, you know, Zion Branch at safety. He's good. There's a reason why everyone in the country wanted him coming out of Bishop Gorman. Tyrone Tulaney. Uh, Tuli Tuiapolotu was the man. He was USC's best defender last year, bar none. But someone else needs to step up and be the man. I think Tyrone can be that guy on the defensive line. And let's be honest, he's, you know, he's already a man. He's older, mature, he's a family guy. Um, but last year, he just kept developing. Uh, and he get, kept getting better as the season went on. And he would make plays. He would always, you know, see him around the ball at the end of the, when the whistle was done. When the whistle blew, he was always there at the end. He just feels like he's a Sean Nua type of guy who would explode in 2023. Caleb Bullock, obviously, he um, he needs to come back and have a strong season as well as he did. He needs to get bigger and stronger. He needs to improve his tackling. Um, that's his weak spot. Just going to move on from there. What about, you know, Bryson Shaw, Max Williams, a couple more safeties. Those guys, um, safety is pretty deep position. But that nickelback spot, man, they got to get that ironed out. So many candidates. Uh, Max Williams got to play last year, healthy. I We need to see the next develop, the next step from Max. I think he's got it in him. And what about Bryson Shaw? You know, he's 
He will hopefully be healthy. He's familiar with Alex Grinch's system. Will year two uh, at USC bring some more comfort for him uh, to make more of an impact? But here, let's just ask this question. Why did the, the why did USC's defense collapse so hard down the stretch? You know, obviously injuries and the lack of depth that we've been talking about are the two obvious responses that everyone's going to talk about. Um, it's not excuses. It's factual. Uh, you know, everybody talked about, you know, USC needs, needs better players. You can't, you can't say that in one breath and then say, well, you, you can't make excuses when guys get injured. They didn't have, you know, USC didn't have enough players. They had enough players. Were they up to the task? You know, when Eric Gentry got hurt at Utah, the guys behind him, uh, they needed to raise their level of play. I, I don't know if that happened. The coaching staff didn't feel comfortable with it because they kept going back to the same rotation of players. I mentioned Rajon Davis. That might have been a time where he should have been in there showing the staff what he could have done. I'm talking about the first game. Uh Another reason why I think the defense kind of fell apart at the end. When the turnovers weren't coming as fast and furious as they were in the beginning of the season, um, I think the players, I don't, I don't want to say they panicked. I'll say they pressed. You, you can characterize it as panicking maybe. Um, they were trying to make a play instead of you know doing what they were coached to do. They were pressing too hard to create turnovers. And it showed up in their tackling or the lack thereof. So, you know, as far as the staff is concerned, did they panic? Did they press when they weren't able to um, maybe get outside their comfort, their comfort zone using players that, uh, and I'm talking about the bowl game. You had a month to evaluate, to, to check out some of these younger guys, to give them an opportunity. Did they curl up in that fetal position a little bit the last five minutes of the game it sure seemed like it um, wouldn't trade Lincoln Riley for anybody and I'm not trying to sound like an uh, an ass I'm just using some words to describe trying to have fun with my show guys I, I know I get a lot of comments in, my, in the feedback which I appreciate but uh, I'm an opinion guy I don't always I don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying. A lot of times what I'm talking about is devil's advocate type of stuff, just throwing it out there for conversation's sake. So let's have some fun with this show. Let's not take it too seriously. You'll know when I'm serious. You'll see the lines in my forehead. Trust me. You'll know when I'm angry. Um, so when the staff describes uh, you know, what the players are coached to do and they, they don't do those things, uh, that you know, they, we hear Lincoln Riley and Grinch talk about that throughout the season, and I'm talking about you know trying to instead of wrapping up, tackling, going for stripping the ball when you're not in a position to strip the ball yet. You got to get the guy so the help can get there and start punching and stripping. Those things weren't happening down the end, down the stretch, and that's what I'm talking about. Were they pressing, panicking? because they weren't getting the turnovers like they were earlier in the season. Was that having an effect? Let's just go with the Occam's razor answer to this whole thing. When they needed to make a play, they just weren't able to make a play. Bottom line. And whether or not that had an adverse effect 
on how they were approaching the, approaching uh, their role, we saw how the season ended defensively. So I mentioned uh, a new group of players who need to make an impact a few minutes ago. We'll talk about them. Um, I'm going to go over those list of guys. There's, I think, 12 of them uh, who are transferring in and who's going to have an effect and who might even be starting in our next segment. But first, I need you to head on over to FanDuel. Real important because they are our new sponsor. And with the NFL playoffs, they're here. Actually, the Super Bowl is now here. Great weekend of playoff football action. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, you can join today. And when you get started, you're going to get $150 in free bets, guaranteed. And that's when you place your first $5 bet. So just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player prop bets. Plus, you can even combine your bets so you can get a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Woo, go Vegas. Um, all on an app that's really safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. <clears throat> hey, did you know that Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl? Well, get inside analysis from the host that covered the NFL's next generation college and find out which NFL draft boards these players are going to be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for the nightly shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, so 12 new guys have arrived or will be arriving at USC through the portal so far. Here are your names. Ethan White, Jared Kingston, Michael Tarquin, Dorian Singer, Marshawn Lloyd. That's on offense. On defense, Anthony Lucas, Mason Cobb, Jameel Muhammad, Jack Sullivan, Christian Roland Wallace, and Kion Bars. Oh, and let's just throw in a punter on special teams, Eddie Zaplicki. I think I got it right that time. So those are the 12 guys who so far uh, have used the transfer portal to get their way over to USC. Of those guys, who's going to have an impact? Uh, well, I can say the names all over again if you want. I'm just going to say all of them. And having an impact is, make you know, playing, being a part of the rotation, making other guys in your group better. So let's take it a step further. Which one of those guys out of those group, two groups, are going to start? Uh, probably make the argument and say all of them. Maybe not at the very beginning, but by the end of the season, all of them. Let's just stick with the defense first. Let's talk about uh, Anthony Lucas. Do I think he's going to start right away? No. I know some people don't agree with me. Hey, Mark is a five-star. Well, 
he started at A&M, Texas A&M, and then he wasn't starting at Texas A&M. And it wasn't because they had a whole bunch of other five stars and four stars on the roster. Remember, he's still learning how to play the game. He's still a little bit raw, a lot of upside, a lot of potential. But USC needs him to come in and make an impact. They need him to be ready to play. Will he start right away? I don't know. Will he start by the end of the season? I think he has that potential to do so. Mason Cobb. Uh, yes, he's going to start right away. USC needs to tackle better on defense. They need to tackle. Mason Cobb is a tackling machine. Question is, can you know? is he going to play middle linebacker? Is he going to play Will? Where is he going to play? Is uh, Shane Lee going to, is he going to be a, a casualty of the starting linebacker core? What about Jamil Muhammad? Lincoln Riley spoke really highly of him. Edge player, fast, strong, intelligent. He played quarterback out of high school. I could see him starting at the edge. Uh, okay, what about Kion Bars? You need somebody over the ball. Uh, you know, Stanley Taofo, he came in as a linebacker. He put on some really good weight. He plays really hard. He's undersized. Kion Bars is going to start over the ball, probably from day one. Unless there's anybody else on the roster going to prove me wrong, I'll be happy to say you were right, I was wrong on this podcast. Let's make it happen, guys. That would be something I'd be proud to have make happen. And then, I don't know, will Eddie Zaplicki be the starting punter? Let's see if um, Aiden Sleep Dalton feels more comfortable in year two. Again, these guys were starters at their former stops. They anticipate to start at USC as well. Let's, uh, oh, I didn't even, <laughs> we're not even done yet with the defensive guys. Christian Roland Wallace, cornerback. Uh, yeah. He's going to start. I talked about it briefly in the first segment. I think he's going to be paired up with Damani Jackson at cornerback. You now have two legitimate shutdown corners. Uh, Christian Roland Wallace wasn't just last year against USC. He's had a really good career against USC and in the Pac-12 overall. This guy is an, a legitimate NFL caliber cornerback. And he's gonna he's gonna make that room better. He's he's gonna help out the secondary. And I was talking about when you've got two shutdown corners, that makes your that makes the defense's job up front a lot easier. And hopefully uh, Alex Grinch can can dial up some more blitzes because of that. Freeing up freeing up some other guys to do some stuff. Again, they're bringing a lot more speed. Uh, so who else we have left? Oh, Jack Sullivan. Okay. Purdue. We know we need someone to replace Tuli Tuiapolotu. I think he's definitely going to make an impact. And I think he will he will be a starter. You're bringing guys in who, who are leaving their former starting jobs at other, you know, former starting jobs to come to USC. They're not coming to sit. And I don't think there's anybody on USC's roster 
that's going to challenge them for a starting job. Again, prove me wrong. It's a challenge. I love these guys on the team. I have no, no animosity or negativity towards any of our players. I want to make that very clear, especially for some of those listeners out there who, who like to hear what they want to hear, not what I'm trying to say. Let's uh, flip over to the offensive side. Uh, offensive line, <laughs> Ethan White, Jared Kingston, Michael Tarquin. Ethan White and I think Tarquin and Jarrett Kingston are going to start at left guard. Kingston, I think, is going to end up being your starting left tackle. Michael Tarquin will be your right starting right tackle. I've mentioned this before. You don't, these guys, especially Ethan and Michael, uh, you don't leave the SEC as a starting offensive lineman to go to USC to sit on the bench. These guys were brought here specifically for a reason. They, they're going to be starting. And then um, Jared Kingston, again, real solid guy at Washington State. Him and Cortland Ford, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. And then Dorian Singer, we've spoken about him enough. He will start at wide receiver at one of the positions. Marshawn Lloyd, I don't know if he will start right away, but uh, USC is going to can really use his physical style of running. Like I, I, I brought him up before. I compared him. I like him. He's similar to uh, the running back from Tulane. Uh, just a very powerful, smaller guy who. Uh, Who's going to get you yards? So, twelve guys in the transfer portal so far. Again, you've got another window coming up in May. Out of those guys, every single one of them will not only make an impact. You could probably make the case every single one of them will be a starter. Okay, so segment three here. Before we get out of here, got some. Uh, I'm going to give you my predictions for. Letter of intent signing day on Wednesday. Write these down. These are my final ones. I'm not going to change them up. Unless something happens uh, before now and Wednesday. Uh, you're watching this episode on Tuesday, hopefully, because you're making a lockdown USC your first listen. So, Roderick Pleasant, the cornerback from Gardena Sarah, he's going to be the only guy who signs with USC on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Okay, you got that dot, dot, dot. On Wednesday. Reason being is Deuce Robinson, the tight end slash big wide receiver. I'm just going to start calling him the big wide receiver who could grow into being a tight end. I think he's going to hold off. I don't think he's going to he's going to sign anything on Wednesday. He's going to mull over his baseball options. And this works in USC's favor. You know, he he had a workout at Dodger Stadium, and that had a pretty significant impact on him. I think he's really weighing uh, weighing his options right now. Which sport he should, which way he should go. As far as Warren Roberson, when he decided to check out Texas UT Austin, 
uh, at the last minute this past weekend, that just tells me he's not ready to cut the umbilical cord. He might not be going to TCU, but he's not coming to USC either. I just don't think he's ready to leave home. And congratulations, Texas. Jacoby Lane, the wide receiver, he's committed to USC. He's been a hard commit for a long time. But I just, I don't know. Everyone else is saying, no, he's going to sign with USC. They're probably right. I have no idea. It's just a it's a gut feeling. And I don't know why I have this gut feeling that he's going to stay home and uh, sign with ASU. USC's wide receiver room is really, really good. And they need a big receiver. Jacoby fills that role. He's six foot five, six foot four, something like that. Um, he can always use the transfer portal next year, right? Again, I, I, I could be wrong. I'm not I'm not that dialed into recruiting. I ask around. This one, it's just I'm just being I'm gonna be the contrarian just because. Like I said, I don't necessarily always believe this one. I'm kind of just, uh, maybe I'm grasping at straws. I'm not trying to create any type of conflict here. I'm just trying to give you reasons why he could stay at home. Uh, Arizona State brought in a new head coach, dynamic uh, play caller, Kenny Dillingham. He could be the guy at Arizona State. Let's uh, switch directions a little bit and look at 2024, since we're talking recruiting. What happens if Dylan Rayola commits to USC? How's that going to affect the quarterback room? We talked about it on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. He loved his unofficial visit that he took uh, over the weekend, as did his mom. We talked, I guess, we talked about that on yesterday's show. His mom loved the visit. She's bought in. Once, once you got mom in, it's kind of game over if the player wants to commit. But here's the scenario I'm setting up. He's going to be one year behind USC's 2023 quarterback commit, Malachi Nelson. Uh, now, Riley had a similar situation at Oklahoma. He had Spencer Rattler one year, and then Caleb, Caleb Williams showed up the next year. Nelson is arguably one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2023. ESPN has him as their number one quarterback. Well, there is zero discussion across any recruiting platform uh, regarding as far as the 2024 quarterback class. There's Dylan Rayola here and then there's everybody else so um i i mentioned the spencer rattler caleb williams uh connection lincoln riley brings in he he tells the quarterback he's going after i'm bringing in one guy per class you're the guy dylan isn't going to shy away from the challenge Neither is Malachi Nelson. There's precedent. Lincoln Riley has shown that it doesn't matter, you know, how much experience you have a quarterback. If you're the guy to lead the offense for him, he'll put you in the game. All right. So that's it for this show. We've covered 
what did we, what did we talk about at the beginning here? Man, my mind's slipping. The defense is going to improve. Everybody wants to talk about the defense. We've talked about tackling needs to improve. But some of the other things, existing players, what do they need to do to improve? Maybe a few uh, position switches or leave them where they're at. We talked about the new group of portal guys. Uh, who's going to have an impact? Who's going to start? And then, as always, we're getting close to signing day. So give you a few recruiting notes here and there. Until our next episode of Locked on USC, I need you to uh, don't forget about, because you make Locked on USC your first listen every day, thank you very much. Don't forget to check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. They have everything you need to know. And you get to hear from all the insiders, players, coaches, um, experts, and you can get all that on the Locked On College Basketball podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So until our next episode, which we give you five times a week, you know what to do, guys.